And we're back with the Witch Rising Special on Pagan World Radio Network. Yes, we're back, and we've been doing so well with this. And you've heard from so many people. But today, I'm bringing somebody very special to me, Pamela Kelly. And she is known in our community, has been, she was once the Pagan Tonight uh, uh, station manager. She has been a long-term radio individual. And also, more importantly, she works deeply into the political realm. I'll explain, let her explain what she does. But really, we're going to talk to her today about the issues that are coming in 2024. Why should we be paying attention? And I know we are notoriously bad about politics, but this year you're hearing it as you've heard from Marianne. Okay, you've heard it across the board. We need to we need to be seriously looking at what's happening. And so, hi, Pamela. Hi, Pamela. Yeah. I'm so glad to see you and talk to you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be here. I'm, you know, people. It, when you when you do podcasting or radio, you you kind of you know I've done it. I've been a radio person uh, since I started college radio in '84, and <laughs> then I started uh, commercial radio when I was like six weeks to my due date with my second child. Mm -hmm. And after I had her, there were times that I was like breastfeeding. So like people have this image in their mind of where people podcast or broadcast from. And it isn't until now where we have the age of Zoom that I actually had to 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 put some thought in what people see because we're doing this in Zoom. I know people are gonna gonna hear this, but I want to go ahead and set the stage if that's okay. Because Absolutely. I do a lot of work. First thing I want to say is I do a lot of work with organizations. I am a candidate running for the North Carolina State House, uh, District 81. Mm-hmm. I also am the president of the North Carolina Democratic Party. So now you know which team, blue or red, that I'm on. Um, North Carolina Democratic Party Disabilities Issues Caucus. I do work with the senior Democrats, and I do work with uh, with within my congressional district, and I'm a precinct chair. This may sound like really like you know foreign to you, but I'll explain it as we go along and why it's so important for you to to get involved. I also do work with an organization uh, and I'd love to try to recruit people for it because it is the most fun and something that you can do for your from your house. But again, I'm a blue team person, so you'd have to want to do blue team. Um, but I work for an organization that's based out of California called Grassroots Democrats HQ, Grassroots Dems HQ. Mm -hmm. And we do um, phone banking. We work with, we connect with 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 some of the big issues uh, we were instrumental in doing phone banking for the Wisconsin Supreme Court Judge Janet Protasiewicz, and I had to say that because I learned how to pronounce her name, and I'm going to use it every chance I get. <laughs> and I... Janet Protasiewicz has been instrumental in um, in in the gerrymandering uh, decisions, getting Wisconsin ungerrymandered, uh, which is something we can talk about as well. So... Um, and with the Ohio. Uh, resolution the first election for the special election and then up until up until uh, November when they had the election that struck down um, trying to get the basically protecting uh, reproductive health care rights abortion is health care and also in Virginia so I do a lot I do a lot of stuff both locally and on a national level you don't have to get as involved as I am I keep telling everybody that I'm going to continue doing this and you know until there's a 12-step program. <laughs> well, I, I, think, I think it's essential. So for people not realizing, we're going to have 4 billion people are going to be taking part in some form of election uh, this year. Not just in the United States, but all over the world. And our listeners are all over the world. 
half the global population will have an opportunity to vote, regardless if it's an authoritarian, democratic, or whatever form it is, there's at least that semblance of it. And people should be standing up for their rights, even no matter how dangerous it can be. I mean, we're facing some really dangerous times. But let me go ahead and start with this. Why, I mean, why should people even care about politics in the United States? Especially, you know, I hear this all the time from Pegasus. It doesn't matter if you vote, doesn't, you know, it's red team, blue oh, that's, team. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's part of the, that's part of the, that's part of the strategy. Um, I wanted to say what I was going into the whole detail of, of things that I'm involved in is, is this conversation that we're having is, is my views and doesn't reflect on any of the, the organizations that I work with. So I wanted to make sure that that is very clear going forward. But this is something that you really, people really need to understand what you're talking about, that disenfranchisement, whether you do it legally through a lot of the, the crappy voting laws that they're trying to pass or just making people not want to care or making people say, well, it doesn't matter because both sides-ism, um, that's, that's part of the strategy and part of the strategy of what's happening now. Um, I also did a, a political podcast and we were talking about this from before the orange guy got elected in 2016. And we said, specifically on our show, win or lose, his strategy is to make us not believe in our elections, not believe mm -hmm. in the in the in the process in 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 these the structures in place. And and he's doing that and he continues doing that. And shame on us if we let him win. Because he um I I wanted to 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 be clear with uh with what politics is and i remember uh in in college taking a class and we talked about politics and so i wanted to uh to read the definition as that that i grew up with politics is the way people living in groups make decisions politics is about making agreements between people so they can live together in groups such as tribes cities or countries politics is all around us but Concerned me is the top, that's a definition I had to hunt for, which is the one I learned. But the definition that popped up at the very top is activities associated with the governance of a country or other area, especially the debate or conflict of, among individuals or parties having or hoping to achieve power. And that is is pretty cynical. And I think it's off the mark. I, I don't think it's off the mark with what we're seeing with politicians today. But I think it's off the mark with what politics is supposed to be. People seem to forget mm -hmm. that our president, our mayors, our, you know, in some places, your dog catchers, they're our employees. And the only way that we can tell them whether we agree with the job they're doing or not is to vote. That is your voice. That is your magical power that everyone has, whether we're talking about Jeff Bezos or you're talking about somebody uh, asking you for money for a cup of coffee. That's something, a power that any, everyone who is a, a citizen in the United States and, and depending on what the laws are in your country, that is a, a, a power that, that we, we need to scream and fight and yell to keep. Because they're trying to take it away from us, whether it's with that 
not wanting to do something. Um, let, let me take a step back and put this more into, into context and, and paint a picture. Uh, Texas, you talk about Texas. I came from Texas. I was in the reddest congress at the time, the reddest congressional district in the entire United States, according to the Cook Partisan Voting Index. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it, this is scientific. This is not just my, my feeling about being in Texas, but it was the reddest congressional district in the entire United States. And so my, my party didn't want to put a lot of emphasis or, or attention under Texas for the longest time because they felt it was a lost cause. The one thing they missed and the one thing that I want everyone listening to keep in mind is Texas is not a red state. Texas is not a majority Republican state. Texas is, listen to me carefully, a non-voting state. People don't show up to work, to vote. So people don't show up to vote. This is science again. This is numbers. This is not something you can argue with me about unless you want to argue with one plus one equals two. <laughs> so well, look at the numbers. Who do that. Yeah, well, isn't isn't but, that part of the game right now is to get us to take is. that, that one plus one equals one um, and that you yeah. ignore one of the ones? It'd be, it's that exclusionary. Um, as people will there, listen to Chris Copeland, she's an individual who is directly impacted by that with her women issues of health and things like that in Texas. So we'll talk about that with Chris Copeland. But as you're saying, it's, so it's not a voting state. It's a non-voting state that just happens to have the majority of those who do vote, vote red or Republican. Because they, they make people feel like they have no power. They have no choice. And, and there has been... There's been talk about how um, how there's been some, you know, what, uh, sorry, I'm trying to get all these words in at once. Um, there was talk about how there was some issues with the, the recent election uh, for Beto, both for senator and for, um, for governor. And one thing that people don't realize, and I wish they understood, um, Beto did not uh, Beto O'Rourke did not become the senator for Texas, but he got the closest than any Democrat has in ages. Now, Beto coattailed a whole bunch of Democrats, a whole bunch of women, a whole bunch of Black women into power. Because Beto was such a strong person at the top of the ticket, more people showed up to vote, and more people put women of color in power, positions of power. When we vote, we make change. When we vote, we make change. That is why Texas went and did a whole bunch of finagling and and, and, and I'm using Texas as an example, but this is happening in, in, in like every state. In fact, I live in North Carolina now. Cleta Mitchell, I really hope that eventually I'm gonna hear her name indicted in, in a lot of the election interference stuff, but Cleta Mitchell, remember that name? She's from here and she's the architect of a lot of the stuff, the voter suppression stuff. And they even do, um, and she's a Republican and I'm not trying to demonize Republicans. I'm not trying to demonize Republicans because in the end, we are people who are trying to make it. We have our, our ideology. We're trying to make it through the world. Um, we're trying to make things happen. But the people who are in power in the Republican party are the ones that we have to be careful about. 
um, because they're not there for, you know, I, I, I read those two conflicting things about politics. Mm-hmm. Politics should be us trying to get involved to make the changes that we want to have. But what's happening is for a, a, a group of people, politics is we want power. We want to achieve, you know, domination over everybody. And that is what a lot of leaders in the Republican Party are moving towards, not the people. And um, I do a lot of phone banking where I call people and have conversations with people. And I had a conversation with a lady, lifelong Republican, and she was so sad. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to I want to volunteer with the Democrats and I'm going to vote Democrat because she says, I'm sorry, I left my party. And I said, you shouldn't think of it that way. Your party left you. Your Um, party left. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I, I agree with you. Uh, most people don't realize that I was in the first term. I was the first term. My first real dabbling in politics was Republican uh, for Ronald Reagan. Um, I would change my tune fairly quickly. But at that time, uh, the party was much more accepting of pagans. You know, and, and I was in the city of Chicago, and it was like, okay, we could use somebody, a young man out there. Um, I would eventually work for political offices uh, for Senator Howard Carroll um, on that. But I came from the belief, and so for, for a lot, let's go ahead and say Chicagoans, right? Uh, Eddie Burke, one of the aldermen, has now been found guilty of 13 out of 14 charges. Yeah, yeah. so that sort of thing. So I come from- history in Chicago. <laughs> but yet, time. right, and yet we're, the, you know, and this is, I think, one of the problems I think that people have is that we have these corrupt politicians at times. And they just, it seems to feel like we're just, why bother? They're all corrupt. I mean, that's a really strong position in Chicago. I mean, why elect all of these? Hmm? But there it goes. Therein lies our power. Mm -hmm. They're our employees. We don't like the job they're doing. We fire them. Oh, but why should we do it? It's so hard to do it. Well, yeah, it is hard to do. Anything that's worthwhile is hard to do. Mm -hmm. That's why you should uh, get out and and volunteer. You got to do more than just vote. I mean, I remember back in the day, I used to say, just vote, just do your job, just vote. But now it's like, no, you need to do more than just vote. You need to, one of the things we do in phone banks is we tell people, talk to three people, friends, neighbors, whatever, who who vote like you and make sure they get out to the polls. And that's a very effective strategy. Let's talk about this phone banking a bit because it solves one of the problems I'm hearing from some of the people that I'm involved with. Mainly older women, um, not completely, or some older men, but a lot of older women said, I would go out there and protest. I want to be out there in the protest. I want to be out there in the world, but I can't leave my house. I can't walk that much. I can't, you know, I can't be there. But I was there in the 60s. And so the system you have for phone banking is fairly unique, isn't it? There's something they can do from their house. Can you explain how they can get involved with that from their own home, their own computers, their own systems? I just I want to go into this and I, and I can talk about this for hours and hours and hours. But I want to say, you being a Reagan Republican, can you imagine if Reagan were around today with all the that's proven collusion with Russia? Oh, he'd be he'd be rolling oh over. Reagan Reagan did an amnesty. I can't remember if it was Reagan or Bush, the first Bush, did an amnesty for all people who were undocumented immigrants in this country can you imagine oh there's yeah. some really good footage of 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 uh reagan talking about 
you know, giving people who, who come from south of the border into our country, giving them the chance because they they're, they want to work. They want to make a life better. I'm a daughter. I'm sorry, but it's my, my dog, Susu. Hey, Susu, knock it off. We're trying to save the world here, Susu. Um, there I'm are a daughter. lovers on this show. <laughs> I'm a daughter of an immigrant. I'm the first American born in my mother's family. Mm -hmm. I am the first American born in my mother's family. I was born just outside of Washington, D.C., something she's very proud of. And I was born near Election Day. Mm -hmm. So it's something that that to her was was very important being an American. Um, and we 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 tend to lose sight of that. It's mm -hmm. it, this this mentality that we have these days of, you know, I've got mine. You're trying to steal it. And it's like there's enough for everybody and we need everybody. We need everybody. Um, and oh, go ahead. I was going to talk about I, I agree with that. I mean, it is one of the things you, that you mentioned. Um, I was raised in a uh, a mixed religion household, Catholic and Southern Baptist, and most people don't know realize this. I was one of the first children exposed to the Seven Mountains. I was very, which is a very important aspect of what it is. And I've been warning about Dominionism all my life, and you don't know how many times I've gotten laughed at. Say, no, these guys are going in there, and they took their politics very seriously and how they did it. And I tell this this is a model for both good or bad for any group that really wants to take authority. And you can mention that is that they started with their school boards and then they started moving into state houses and state, you know, state houses, both as representatives or whatever unicameralls or bicameral little uh, groups. They were, they were taking little positions. They got more people and they got backings of their, you know, of the church directly and indirectly. And then they get, kept doing it. To the fact is, we have a full-blown dominionist, Seven Mountains trained young man uh, in charge of being three steps from the presidency. And what does that mean? That means that their whole belief is that we should not be allowed to practice religious rights. And at the core of it, they try to say the Constitution was a Christian document. And the more right. people, can, and the more people they can convince of that, the more people they can convince of that. They then can say, well, you shouldn't even be allowed to run or you shouldn't even be allowed. And you've run into that, that little bit of that, haven't you? Oh, I, I have. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing, I don't know if they've changed it, but I think in the Texas Constitution, in order to hold a state level office, you have to believe in God. Mm -hmm. So I have a friend who's an atheist that he's like, according to the Texas Constitution, and I don't know if this has changed, but I know it was that way, that he, he can't be. And and that's just blows my mind. Um, I ran for school board, and and one of the things that you you asked me about specifically for phone banking, and I will circle back to it because it's a passion of mine. Yeah, is um you know I'm the 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 president of the Disabilities Issues Caucus, and that's part of what got me involved in 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 politics is disabilities and access to health care. Um, uh. My being a, a pagan is not, is it's part of my identity and it's something I don't hide. Um, I can't, there's no broom closet now because, you know, dude, I've been on podcasts. Um, but mm -hmm. uh, when I ran for school board and I'm in a very, very, very unbelievably fundamentalist Christian area, my opponent one day made a very loud proclamation, you know, 
well within my earshot for my my uh, intention for my for me uh, that she was late coming to the polls that morning because she was on her way there and she her when she went home her husband's like did shouldn't you already leave and she's like I've been hissed. Mm -hmm. I almost made it here and I spilled my oatmeal and coffee all over me. Somebody put a hex on me. <laughs> Creepy ass energy. Anyhow, mm -hmm. see, if I had that power, don't you think I would probably just win the election? <laughs> I, I, I always tell them that that is the straw man fallacy. They are doing all these terrible things, and then they turn around and say, but they don't have any power. I mean, you know, we don't have any power. They can't do anything, but oh, my God, they can do all these other things. Because I would, yeah, and I've always said, if you really thought I had that ability, I've had my confrontations. Would you really be messing with me right now? I just, uh, she's honestly, I can see her house from my front door. Mm -hmm. So I just, I just, uh put my shields up and, and let her ugliness show, you know, I do a lot of mirror shielding. So it just exposes her ugliness. Um, going back to the disabilities thing um, and the education thing, there is a really bad issue happening here in North Carolina. We're leading the United States in children with disabilities um, who are being put on suspension. Um, they're supposed to, there's, there's groundwork, there's, there's regulations, IEPs, 504s, that are supposed to work with a child and their disabilities. And we all know that with the advances of understanding what being on the spectrum and neurodivergent is, mm -hmm. um, and with there is, there's been an increase of people, uh, children being diagnosed on the spectrum, we know that there's going to be more people on the spectrum in schools. And traditional schools that you and I went to were not good for people on the spectrum. And trying to use this type of of, of uh, teaching in the classrooms, and you know, sit still. I I wish I had a fidget spinner when I was in school. I teachers used to get on me all the time to sit still and pay attention. And as soon as I had to, I have ADHD. I could not pay attention for the life of me. But let me doodle, and I'm absorbing everything. So now, as as advancements are being made in understanding neurodivergence schools are not keeping up with it and in places like north carolina they're punishing children for their for their neurodivergence and i'm sure it happens elsewhere too for um, sure and 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 we're supposed to have people with disabilities are supposed to have fair they call it fate fair access to public education and mm -hmm. that's not happening and that's why i ran and she, she the, the, my opponent was making it sound like I was just running just to, to get the power. Well, yeah, the power to change lives for, for children with disabilities and for children who are, are impoverished. We have uh, one of the third, we have the third poorest school district in the entire state where I live. Mm -hmm. In my, the school district I was running for. When, you, when you're raising kids in poverty and they're showing up to school, there's a lot of trauma whether it's a, a trauma of of uh, of uh, generational poverty, generational racism, uh, generational substance abuse, P kids aren't showing up to school ready to learn, and the schools need to learn how to work with kids 
rather than make that school to, to prison pipeline that's happening specifically for children with disabilities and children, uh, black and brown children. There is a big intersectionality when it comes to disability and a lot of the, I have a, a shirt that I love to wear and I, you, you brought up Byron. I had a picture of me wearing the shirt and she's like, you know, great shirt, too bad you have to say it. And it's like, if you're thinking inclusion and diversity and you're not considering disability, you're doing it wrong. And I'm trying, that's other than being a pagan voice, I'm trying to be a disabled voice out there too. And yeah. this leads us back to um, to what you're talking about with the also ageism. God. There's so many issues out Trump there that is, are being. I got to say this. Let me say this. Trump is three years younger than Biden. And he's in much poorer condition. <laughs> Don't. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I understand. I came from the Chicago inner school system and I was uh, a, I was a hyperkinetic learner. I just, I was able to see patterns. I grew, um, not ADHD, but just on the other side and not on the spectrum, but just one of those children that they used to call gifted who just had the ability to answer tests. It didn't necessarily right. mean, mean that I was learning any good skills. I mean, they weren't teaching me thinking skills. This would be something that I would drop out uh, my freshman year at the end of my freshman year in high school. I would be done with school. They wouldn't send me to college because they needed my test scores. Literally, that's what I was told. No, 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 we need your test scores. And I just walked away from school, gone, and I went in the military at 17 and, and corrected a lot of that. But I never got the education that would have turned me into a scientist that I was very good at. They didn't turn me into that sort of thing. I would eventually become a business person, a sales manager, uh, and to this day, a community activist instead of, of, of that other thing. And there's nothing wrong with what I've done. But it wasn't like I was given the tools I need to make better choices. Yeah. Right. Right. So I and didn't have. Go ahead. And that's important. It doesn't matter if you're disabled, gifted, ADHD. This is a problem I have with all the school systems. My daughter, she graduated school. She has a master's degree from DePaul. She's done brilliantly. Her children are doing brilliantly. She's able to, you know, take care of it. She she, she had a better education. But for me, it was that certain lack of being able to be taught how to learn i knew how to memorize i knew how to I, yeah me i could i could ace tests you know in my sleep i but and i could learn i picked up on that but but the 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 inability for schools to be willing to work with and and mm -hmm. you know when i was growing up i had a, a, a contemporary who was like about five years older than me a math genius and she got the highest score ever in her her math uh, uh, right. test when they graduated high school, and and whoever won this got a free ride scholarship to a to a, a a university in Texas, and it was given to the boy that was right below her in the testing because he's a boy and he'll do something with it. And I. I know that that's something that that haunted her. She passed away not too long ago, and I know it haunted her her entire life because I remember having a conversation with her because I was able to go to an engineering school and learn calculus, and I loved it. And I know I sound like a, a masochist, but calculus is the mat. The real sadism is teaching you point, slope, intersect, and quadratic equations to find rate of change when you find out how easy calculus is. <laughs> but 
you are given that opportunity in school. They want to teach you in school to be um to be part of a a, a, a assembly line. They want right. you to to take these jobs. They don't want you to be a thinker. Um, my one of my daughters when we lived in Lincoln, Nebraska, we lived in a poor immigrant heavy part of the um the city, and I was a working mom, single mom, four kids. And she was failing, um, she was failing math. And I knew she was, she was, she's not, this isn't her. And I went to the teacher and I said, you know, she's failing math. What's going on here? And the teacher's like, well, she's probably thinking when she'll, what, how she'll need this when she's done out of school. And chances are she weren't. And I'm like, wrong answer. We were already planning on moving. We, mo we moved, I got her into another school in another state and I fought to have her in like in the advanced placement because that's where she belonged. And she graduated, you know, the top of her class and went on to have a master's in electrical engineering where she does need math <laughs> and she's going for her PhD now. And and it's it sucks that you have to fight for this. So So part of the reason I got involved in politics is because of, education another part is access to health care um and there's a an overlap with that and with with poverty in that as well um I'm... and with with uh with uh sexism because i just told you about how my daughter was looked at like you can't really you're not really going to need this after a school the issues i had going up and this is the stuff that if we want to make changes this is why we have to get involved this well... is why we have to I've been saying it over and over again. The, whoever pays for your child's education controls it. And it's an overculture. And right now, that is being controlled by people who get elected who want to limit education to these systems. And uh, we hear it all the time. But let me go ahead. Well, let's, let's get. Let, let me, let me, let me add on yours. Public education is paid for by all of us. So taking what you said, it should be our money that's paying for our kids' education. But taking our money and giving it to churches to teach our kids and saying that we, we should that that's a, a right, a constitutional right, that's the stuff we need to fight against. You brought up about the dominionism. Um, I lived in Wichita Falls, Texas. We had this little pastor in Wichita Falls, Texas made public, made national news because he wanted, he and his deacons wanted to get rid of library books that about Heather has two mommies or daddy's new roommate. This happened in the nineties. He is now a contributor to Fox news. I've seen many pictures with him at the right hand of Trump when Trump was in the Oval Office. Mm -hmm. One of the rumors I heard is that he is the one that picked Trump because he saw a snake oil, oil sales. He saw an ends to a mean, the means, uh, means that he saw a means to his ends through Trump. And Trump's been a really good puppet with that. And people don't understand. And this guy, his name is Pastor Robert Jeffers. He's the um, the head of the 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 uh, Dallas Fort Worth uh, First Baptist Church. And people need to understand that these people are pulling a lot of the strings. So you've got one side, you've got the religion and the dominionists that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And the other side, you have the oligarchs. When Citizens United was passed, that allowed not just companies and corporations to influence our politics greatly, but also backdoors for other countries. 
And when you have Russia, and I know I sound like I'm wearing a tinfoil hat, but this is all stuff that you can find and you can prove. This is not like, you know, oh, they're going to inject a, a, a chip on you, in you when they give you a vaccination. That's bullshit. I read it on my cell phone that I carry around me all the time that has, <laughs> you know, they know where you are if you're hearing a cell phone. Um, but uh, the Russians were, were pouring money into the NRA. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a spy that got arrested, Marina, Maria, Marina Butina, who was a spy from Russia working in the NRA. So this is not something I made up. The the one thing that people, because our news cycle is always, you know, trying to keep us up to date, like it's a like it's a television show. What's happening on the next season of the news? We need to understand that these are things that are impacting us. So please, please watch news in a lot of different places and and have the critical thinking which this is one of the goes back to the education because we're not teaching critical thinking have the critical thinking to go find out how much of this stuff is true and think for yourself and not be somebody feed into your head what what needs to happen uh or what they want you to do so the senate intelligence committee the senate intelligence committee did the um, investigation in the Russian involvement in the election of 2016 and found Trump to be guilty. The head, the Republican head of that committee was Senator Richard Burr of North Carolina, and he paid the price and got removed from, from being the chairman. So, uh, so, so, uh, so, so we, we know there's these various issues, again, as we've been talking all week. Talk about the phone banking. Let's get to that piece. Okay. Phone banking. Um, yes. I got to show off a little bit of where I'm at, though. This right here, my alt can be behind me. People can't see this. Maybe I'll do a screenshot of it for you mm-hmm. so you can put it on the, the thing. This is my Funko, my Papa, my Funko Pop of Ruth Gator, Bader Ginsburg. She is always mm-hmm. with me when I phone bank. I've got my altar behind me with phone banking. This right here is my holiday card from the White House. <laughs> and this right here is from the the um, vice president's mansion. Yeah. I have a bunch of my my favorite friends behind me in my books, my my pagan friends that I met. Mm-hmm. And I'm nice and comfy. I've got my chair. I've got my computer. I, I'm actually like sneaking bites of my breakfast while we're talking and I have my tea. And this is where I do my magic. This is where I do my business. This is where I make change. Mm-hmm. Right here. The same way that, that people are hearing this podcast, I'm in the same comfortable setting. So when you volunteer for a phone bank, it used to be you'd show up to a, a room, there'd be all these people and all these phones uh, and they give you a list of names and they give you a script and they tell you to call these people. But phone banking has now turned into um, where you can do it from home. You log on to Zoom and um, and you, you come to our meeting. I do a training or somebody does a training. One of the things that I do is for people who are not sure of themselves, I'm the cheerleader. You know, I'm, I'm like, hey, Thank you so much. You're making change, which is true. Showing up, you're making change. You're gonna make the. You're gonna move the needle. Um, with as close as a lot of elections are, especially in swing states, 
making a call to somebody and, and getting them to change their vote can change elections. And I've got, I can, I'd love to, let me talk about that at the end of the show because it's so important. It's, it's, it's something very impacting that I really want to, to talk about that I've worked on. Um, but I'm also here for tech support. Um, when, before we started the recording, I was like, you know, talking to you, Ed, saying I need to change my, my, my uh, microphone. I need to change which, which speaker things are coming from. To me, this is like breathing. It's very easy, but, but to a lot of people, it's not. I make it easy for people who are not comfortable. I make them feel empowered. And I, I teach them how to, you know, that's, that's the one thing that if you want the power in politics, get involved. Because when you start noticing the changes that you make, when you get involved, whether it's running, which I don't really have a good chance of winning, but I think I'm going to try my best and at least elevate issues because I live in a very Republican district, but I'm still running. Um, or just showing up to phone bank or knocking on a door or just talking to your friends about voting. That is power that nobody can ever take away from you that you're making a change. So if you want things to happen, you have to get involved. So what I do is is on my Facebook page and on my Twitter um, page or X, I won't call it X, Twitter, I put um, mobilize.us, mobilize.us or US. Uh, you can look it up. It shows you, and this is mostly um, democratic, progressive, liberal stuff. Um, Mobilize.us shows you uh, events in your area that you can register. Some of them are are online. Some of them are in person. Um, right now, today at six o'clock Eastern, I will be leading. I'll be working. I'll be assisting on a phone bank for Tom Swazi. He's New York three. He's the guy that's running to take George Santos's seat. If you want it, we know how close the um, the numbers are in the House of Representatives in Congress. We really need that seat. It doesn't matter if you're from New York three or not. You can call. You can just ask me, and I'll I'll give you. This is going to happen after the the podcast, but we're doing this every day, so you can still reach out to me. <laughs> uh, and you can just join the the Zoom, and I show you how to do the phone bank. Um, and we, you have a script, you're not cold calling people. What we do is called get out the vote. And we reach out to people who would typically vote for our, our candidate due to scores in past elections and such. We feel we have a strong feeling that this person would vote for our, our way, but they're inconsistent voters. So by reaching out to them, hey, did you know there's a special election in uh, New York 3 on February 13th? Yes, no, whatever. You, you ask them that question. Will you support our candidate? If they say no, thank you. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. That's not somebody we want in our bucket. But somebody who says they will, we're like, oh, cool. What's important to you? And have a conversation with them. And we create a relationship with that person. And from there, there on out, we'll continue calling them and reminding them, hey, do you have a plan to vote? Um, and and it's super easy. These conversations are easy. You're not there to convince people. You're there to identify people who would vote but don't, who would vote for us but don't normally vote. And you get them excited, and then they become volunteers. It's 
we know how it works. It's the word of mouth. It's the fact that you can, I tell people we can do robocalls. It's really cheap and inexpensive to do a robocall, but that never takes the place of that one-on-one -on -one relationship. Uh, and Ed, if you're trying to say something, you're on mute. <laughs> no, I, uh, I knew that. No, I, 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 I hang up on robocalls all the time. I get 10, 20, 30 robocalls a day for various purposes. And but but, but yeah. me, you know, if you get me on the phone, I'm like, hey, I'm always like, I, I tell people, you know, you're their friend. Hey, hi. This is I, I will I will react to a human being on the other end of a sales call. Exactly. I mean, that sort of thing. Yes. So let me get one more subject. I think that that maybe you can say the last few days, uh, two days ago, I believe, what did he, uh, on the 25th, a Harvard yeah. put out a rabbi. And so. I've been having a big conversation about this. And you're one of the people who may understand it. They're saying, oh, he was uneducated. He's a Harvard professor, you know, Harvard ed chaplain, that he didn't know what he was talking about. He, you know, he was uh, research. Right. In the School of Theology of Harvard. Yeah. Right. And I keep telling him, there's no accident here. This is a the this is a positioning paper. It's a political positioning paper. He went at right away, he went after political people. Right. And and so, so many pagans just want to say he's ignorant. They're so quick to make these bad statements, as they call them, that the person's ignorant, the person's uneducated, yeah. the person's unknowledgeable. Yeah. And what I thought it was is that he was beginning to bring God, the term godless or, you know, try to bring that word pagan in, not just, you know, just, and they said he doesn't represent any religions, it's very old fashioned, but can you maybe you can understand? I saw it as a positioning paper, and people ask me, "What do I meant by that?" Um, I will tell you, it's it's a it's a and 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 you can you can laugh at me, and you can think nice tin hat tin foil hat you have there, Pam. But I've been saying from day one when uh, when the orange guy kept saying witch hunt, witch hunt, witch hunt, and now it's like part of the vernacular. Mm -hmm. It's a part of of. Um, that was in a in a way what people felt was um inoffensive or harmless targeting of our community oh but it's just the same but but because they use it so often it it does damage it takes away it makes you desensitized to it and and like you said it is a positioning paper it's to try to take i i feel that my response to it was really strong it's like, you know, right now, the Muslims, and by the way, we talked about being raised. My mother was Muslim. My father was Catholic. And my mother did the whatever the the uh, ritual was to, to commit me to Islam when I was 10 days old. So I always tell people the Muslims had me first. Yeah. So the Muslim, the, the, the Muslims, the Christians, and the Jews right now are, are, I, I, they're at, at odds with each other and they need mm -hmm. to make somebody else the, they need to make somebody else the bad guy. They need to say, it's not us. It's not our beliefs that are causing this, this war to continue in Gaza, in the holy land, the holiest holy land of our three Abrahamic religions. We're killing each other wholesale, but, but don't look at that. Look at Peg. They're mm -hmm. really the bad guys. They don't believe in everything and they believe in all these things and they don't believe in this. It's, it is, it's a positioning statement. And I, I basically said, you know, in this time that you guys are causing all this unrest, these three religions, I said, I don't want any part of your millennia old 
uh, Abrahamic fratricide. And I I will stand by that. And uh, it's, it's, I agree. I, I agree. Absolutely. Right. I agree. And absolutely. Statement. And it is to kind of um, the, the Dominionists have been working on on this uh, for a long time to to uh, they call us demon prats. They send the oh, sure. The, uh, they send the um, the the. Uh, they uh, and they're, they're making this a holy war. I think he's trying to take it away from being a holy war. I think he's trying to, um, I think he's trying to say, look, it's not religion. It's these people who are godless that have all these gods. <laughs> sure. So it's, it, yeah. So it is, it is, and it is, it's dangerous. It's very dangerous to our population because we know a lot of us are, are uh, educated enough to understand where he's coming from that he's not talking about neo-paganism that he's not talking about us but the average person on the street doesn't and the fact uh, that he yeah and, and i've been arguing he, these numbers and i've been arguing about how little people know about us even after all this time there's some fantasy out there that we're into the millions of people we don't see it i don't care what anyone says by making her spill coffee and oatmeal all over herself right um and that, that people still have this sort of belief. I mean, so any good uh, witch show, Charmed, um, Sabrina, the, you know, the Satanic Witch, all of these different types of, of shows reach more audience than any one of us and all of us cumulatively reach. And, right. and so we that's why people always talk about inclusion in fiction. Inclusion in television is important. And this is, I think, one of those predatory little things. Go, you know, I saw that on television. It was a fiction story, but it is that. I once talked to a Hollywood produ producer and says, why don't you make Witches the Good Guys? And we're starting to do a little bit of that, but you'll take away one of our most profitable tropes. Right. Because they can just throw a witch in and they know what it is. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm trying to be a witch in politics. I didn't get a chance to tell you my origin story. Um, I moved here to North Carolina, and I was involved with the um, being a volunteer, a staging location director for the election with against Hillary and and the the guy who yeah the other guy, um, and uh, I was I had been wanting to to go through. I work a lot with Circle Sanctuary. They sponsored the um, the circle that I ran. Uh, for the pagans and Wiccans and heathens and Druids and such at Shepherd Air Force Base, Texas. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so I've, I've had a good working relationship with Selena that she and I did podcasting uh, on uh, Pagans Tonight. Mm -hmm. um, so I reached out, I was thinking about going for an ordination. And this is something that touches on one of the conversations that we had off mic. Um, I wanted to, to go for an ordination through Circle Sanctuary and I was working on this election and I called Selena, my birthday's right around election time. Um, yes, that makes me a Scorpio. Um, and I said, hey, after this election, I wanna get involved with, with getting the ordination. And she said, Pam, we really need you to, to do the political stuff. I know, I understand that. Yeah, and we need you to, and, and 
you know, just having that from her, she and I have these wonderful conversations, cause especially because she knows that I've done work in Wisconsin, um, that she, she, I feel like she gets a little bit of a kick of living vicariously through me when I live vicariously through her, because it's tough when you're a, a head of a church. The other side, the, the Christians have no problem, and I'm not trying to bash Christians. I'm trying to bash Christians who are abusing their power of the pulpit to make it political when they're supposed to be separation mm -hmm. of church and state. So, yeah, so it's it's this is my path and I'm trying to represent pagans and I bring it up. And there's a lot of pagans I meet on the on the trail that wanted to make it like, you know, like it's something mystique about them, like, oh, this the witch in our thing, but they don't want me to be a real person. They don't want me to be a real person who's an activist. Yeah. They want to separate that pagan about me, like, you know, well, you know, Pam, she's a little bit off. No, this is who I am. This is part of my identity. And I know everyone that listens to this show, no matter which path they 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 claim, they have to go grocery shopping. And they see the the prices. They have to they have to live a life outside of out of outside of paganism. So you have to get involved in that world. And the way to get involved is politics. And the way to get involved is vote. And if you do not understand how much voting is under under attack right now, look at what happened in Georgia in 2018 and 2020. And these are things that you can go back and look at. You saw the stories of uh, voting machines being sent pl to places where they had no, no, uh, no electrical cords, where they didn't have the right stuff. And these were primor pr primarily Black districts. The, I'm not making stuff up that I'm telling you right now. This is all stuff that you can sure. find in a professional report that Fair Fight Action uh, submitted in, into the, the record in Congress through John Ossoff on uh, April 20th, 2021 i believe mm -hmm. uh, so you can find this yourself and read the stories that happened to primarily black voters in georgia and what happened in 2020 when they had the election for the two senators is mm -hmm. on paper the republicans won but there's a little known thing that if you vote by mail what they do when you vote by mail and this is something that we've done with phone banking is what's called curing ballots. When you vote by mail, what they what they do with at the election at the 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 election facility, the board of elections, whoever administers the election in your county, mm -hmm. state, whatever, they look at the container, the envelope. They don't even look at what's in it. They look at the envelope and they say, okay, you had to have this, this, and this to happen, and then they'll accept or reject the container. Now, if they re they they reject your container because they feel that your signature didn't match, you can cure that ballot. You can go back and 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 fix the discrepancies of it. And I was part of a very organized, you know, uh, the act of the a group of people who worked with the Democratic Party of Georgia from across the United States, from across the world. We had people calling in from other countries who are Democrats abroad, who are American citizens that wanted mm -hmm. to get involved. We had a truly international um, effort of phone banks and Zoom with close to, we had a couple times that there were over 200 people on a phone bank that were calling the voters of Georgia who had their ballots rejected and told them how to cure or fix their, their ballots. That is what won that election for Warnock and Ossoff. And we were doing that day after day from like right after Thanksgiving 
all the way up to January 6th. And we were working on January 6th, even though Warnock and Ossoff had both won, we wanted to give them enough ballots to make sure there is a buffer. And while we're going between three hour shifts, three hour shifts, three hour shifts, between shifts, I glanced at the TV and I saw what was happening. Mm -hmm. I saw what was happening in our, in our capital. How dare people try to take away our vote, our voices. If you do not think that this is, this is something worth taking, if you think that your vote doesn't matter, Mm-hmm. Then why the hell did they try to steal it from you? And then why the hell did they try to steal it from you? Get involved. Get and, involved. Uh, show up. Go to your 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 board of elections and 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 partake of the of the the meetings. We have Sunday voting now in in my my county because we fought for it. It's very important to the black community, and I didn't realize how important it was. I thought it was more of a this is something we do. This is like a, um, this is something that's part of our identity. But I didn't think about it until I started working mm-hmm. on what was happening in Georgia when one of the ladies told a story about how she remembers when she was a child and she used to go with her mother to the, on Sundays, Souls to the Poles, and she would hold on to her skirt when her mom was, she was so scared. She'd cling on to her mother's skirt while her mother was voting because they had to go to souls to the polls together because she knows what happened to black people who voted in the south they had to go together Mm -hmm. fight for your vote fight for your voice and you make the change they work for us so i think this is a good point i think it is let me give you the last word here because I, I I could talk to you more about this because uh, I'm very adamant this year. I don't know if people have seen my um, my five rules of survival, which are which includes getting connected, you know, legalize your churches, you know, meeting right. the needs that you have. I mean, we have a lot of work to do ahead of us because I do think we're in for a rough time. But I think this it really starts in the United States and hopefully other countries as well. I I, I can only talk to the United States experience. That, it, that we we deal with that. I mean, we have members all over the world and we want to see them and people listen. I mean, we're listened to in like 10 different countries uh, and they're having elections. Right. And so so this is this has been very uh, focused, but I think that at the end of the day, there's a lot of assistance. But let me give you the last word. Volunteer, and it's easy as you can volunteer for 10 minutes on some things. Um, there's a lot of ways that you can get involved. Mobilize.us. Um, and you can do phone banks, you can register voters. I don't like registering voters because it doesn't mean that they're going to vote. If you're going to register voters and follow up with them and make sure they go out to vote, um, educate people. One of the other things that I have is we've started a, a 501c3 called Rev Up NC, which is through the American Association of Persons with Disabilities. That stands for register, educate, vote, use your power. A lot of people don't realize that even people, I, I've had to talk to teachers about, they have, they teach the the uh, young people who have significant intellectual, intellectual disabilities. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, did you talk there? We teach them how to do all the things like grocery shopping and all. And I'm like, did you teach them how to vote? And they went, can they vote? Yes, they can vote. Reach out to the people that are disenfranchised. Reach out and and do what you can. Reach out to me 
Ed, I will give you, um, it would be great to have a pagan phone bank. There's all these swing left, uh, indivisible, our group, Grassroots Stems HQ, um, all these different organizations out there, uh, American uh, families, working families that are trying to make change. I would love to have a pagan presence. So it's not just, oh yeah, Pam does all this stuff, but she kind of has this weird thing where she's witch. No, I want us to be witches. I want us to understand that we deserve a place of power at the table and not in the broom closet. And look at the uh, podcast notes. We'll tell you how to make this context. I do too. And I want to bring you back. I want to have more conversations. And um, I think that I do want to have more conversations throughout the year. This is only just beginning. I thank you for sharing this with us and, and, and being such a fountain of information. And uh, it is. I mean, and, 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 and even if you're the only one in your group who believes in this, it starts with that spark. Let our candle light your candle and let's make exactly. the world a brighter place. Hmm? Yay. Yay. And with that, uh, tomorrow we'll be back with Lori Barberos Blackman. Uh, the Karelian uh, Nativist Church uh, press conference and working with Parliament. And she's going to continue dealing with what is on the other side tomorrow on the politics. She, yeah. She lives right up the road from me. And she used to, my husband was a libertarian um, and she used to come to the libertarian meeting. So I didn't bring up other parties. There is a place for them yet, but right now is not the time to put all the force we have right. to change things. We have to make sure that we have the foundation that a three-party, four-party system will work. And the way things are now, it's not there yet. But I'm, yeah, getting it. I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote for Biden. But I'm a, a registered. I was a registered Green for a long time. This year, I'll register as a Democrat. But in my state, it actually had a meaning because we made the five percent threshold. And yeah, so that we're going to do that. But she will be back, and she will be talking about the women's issues in religion having attended parliament world religions and other aspects of it and we're going to abortion continue. is healthcare. Huh? <laughs> what's that abortion is healthcare. abortion is out there and it's it, it is as much a religious issue it's strictly a religious issue versus a medical issue and we'll be talking to Lori about that and uh keep listening in and we are at pagan world radio thank you for listening in tonight we've been with pam kelly and uh we'll be back tomorrow